0: I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here, but more importantly, the author of 15 Books and Counting, a memoir on the way. Uh, She's got a documentary behind her and so many speaking um, credits and and writing credits, awards. She's got everything going on. Uh, Without further ado, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, how are you? I'm fine, thank you,
1: Frank, and I hope you are getting better.
0: Yeah, I am, and uh, you know, it's uh, I'm grateful, grateful for health. That's uh, that's for sure. There's a lot of things to worry about in in this world, but it's hard to it's hard to think about them, uh, prioritize them when you're just not feeling well. So, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful. I'm feeling much better.
1: Good. I'm glad to hear that.
0: And uh, you were you were you have a very interesting subject. Uh, something we talked about in the uh, uh, you know in the past. But I think you've done great work on this, and I think uh, the continuation of this conversation needs to be had. And uh, give us a little taste of what that is. Doc, you there?
1: Yes, uh, yes. I'm sorry, I just missed my cue. That's okay. Uh, Yes, uh, as I was just, the title is One Step Forward, Two Steps Back, or How Companies Negate Progress in Carbon Capture. And uh, so far, I've spent two of my podcast sessions talking first about the exciting new methods of capturing carbon dioxide gas from the air and transforming it into liquid or even into stone which astonishes me still. Uh, And I've spent a second session talking about businesses, and there's one of them right here in San Antonio, where I live, that sell uh, the product they produce after they've transformed carbon dioxide gas into something else. Uh, Our industry here in the city transforms the carbon into baking soda, of all things, which is then marketed to other industries. Um, Not to bakers, they said, um, uh, because it's not up to that standard to be consumed by humans uh, directly, but it is marketed to industries who can use it uh, in some of their own processes and products. So today I will speak of loopholes in the Federal Environmental Protection Agency's rules that allow companies to pollute So far, I only have data about Texas and the company's behaviors in this state, uh, but I'm sure that the same problem exists in most, if not all, of our 50 states, so the information could be useful to people across the country. For four days last month, from January 14th to 17th, an I Arctic air mass covered Texas, causing industrial plants to close or to take emergency measures. These measures included emissions of pollutants into the atmosphere. 36 companies reported, and I'm sure some did it and didn't report it, um, they reported unintentional emissions due to freezing weather to the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality which I will call TCEQ from now on. Collectively, the company's reporting produced more than 1 million pounds of pollution, and that is a small amount compared to the multi-millions of permitted emissions released every day across our large and heavily industrialized state. But it shows one of the uh, commonest reasons for uh, permitted emissions, namely the weather, whether too cold or too hot. Like um, uh, Luke Metzger, the executive director of Environment Texas, a nonprofit watchdog, says, and I'm quoting him polluters continue to skimp on weatherization, which leads to big pollution dumps during extreme cold and hot weather. Industries in our state seem to be following the lead of our uh, uh, electrical grid, Uh, and this is not a quote, I uh, ended the quote after extreme cold and hot weather. Industries in our state seem to be following the lead of our electrical grid that failed during the severe winter storm Uri in February, 2021, when temperatures went below freezing for a week, our electrical power failed. There was a universal blackout over the state and somewhere between 300 to 800 Texans froze to death. Very little has been done to weatherize the grid since then. And we were saved from another statewide blackout, not, not by weatherization, but by the renewable energy sources that had been added to the grid by private industry in the meantime. So, in other words, solar and wind power, which had been poo-pooed, by the way, by our uh, government. Yes. <clears throat> our other industries, meanwhile, while <clears throat> they claim to have worked at weatherization, have still been able to escape regulations through various loopholes. The examples I give here were gathered by Dylan Badur and Alejandra Martinez, and were first published in the Texas Tribune in the sub-publication called Climate News. It was rep- reprinted by our San Antonio Express News uh, Sunday, uh, in, uh, Sunday before last, before yesterday, uh, where uh, it was rather before, um, well, never mind, Sunday before right. last, where it was featured on page one of the business section. Ethylene, a, su- a substance that is fa- faintly sweet-smelling and musky, was flared in large quantities by a Taiwanese company, the Formosa Plastics Corp- Corporation at its Lavaca Bay complex on the Gulf. Because nearby plants that usually bought Formosa's product had gone offline and closed their pipelines due to the extreme cold front. The estimated release of unburned ethylene was 64,800 pounds over 24 hours, 79 times the unit's permitted limit. Another flare released 38,400 pounds, which was 500 times its permitted limit. Formosa's total emissions on January 17th were 250 tons of air pollution composed of more than 40 chemicals, while the air temperature ranged from 24 degrees to 51 degrees Fahrenheit. This was reported to the TCEQ A spokesperson for the plant, Amy Blanchett, said the company doesn't comment on operational issues, and I'm quoting her, unless we anticipate a substantive impact on the marketplace. Unquote. Impact on human beings doesn't doesn't rate a comment, so it seems. Meanwhile, 450 miles away, A maintenance device got stuck in a Permian gas pipeline, and WT Gathering and Processing Company (laughs) was sent to fix that. But for some reason, they felt they had to release 205,000 pounds of methane into the air rather than burning it, which is 80 times more polluting than carbon dioxide. This, they reported, to the TCEQ, which is where all this information is coming from. The report said, quote, due to time constraints from incipient winter weather conditions, it was decided to blow down to atmosphere rather than blowing down to a flare. And of course, although flares still emit a lot of pollution, the pollution is not as bad as, as just emitting the, the raw gas itself. More miles away, at Eastman Chemical Company in Longview in East Texas, an open hatch on a storage tank leaks leaded benzene, a known carcinogen. Uh, And if if a person inhales it in sufficient quantities, it affects the central nervous system, causes dizziness and headache. Cancer may develop later. The company claimed it couldn't shut the hatch during the temperatures from 11 degrees to 40 degrees Fahrenheit on January 17th. In its report to the TCEQ, Jennifer um, her- Heronema, uh, a company spokesperson, said, and I quote her, due to icy weather conditions and other safety concerns, operation, operations could which is part of the company, is currently unable to access the hatch uh, to close it. And uh, Eastman Chemical takes seriously, she says, uh, any release to the environment and evaluates these events as necessary to prevent recurrence, And unquote. The company, oh no, she continues, the company follows an established protocol to prepare for cold weather months, which includes checking systems ahead of cold weather and securing and draining portions of the plant to prevent freezing, They gave no quantity figures for that continuous leak of leaded benzene. Mm. As regulations are currently written, weather conditions fall under the category that exempts industries from paying fines. The category is called upset conditions. These are defined in federal law as unintentional and temporary noncompliance with pollution standards because of factors be- beyond the reasonable control of the industrial user. There are five exemptions to upset conditions, that is five no-nos that don't count as exemptions from the rules. The first one is releases of pollutant due to operational error. Secondly, um, improperly designed treatment facilities. Third, inadequate inadequate treatment facilities. Fourth, lack of preventive maintenance. And fifth, careless or improper operation. But environmental advocates say that the regulations are full of loopholes beyond any of these exceptions. That uh, the loopholes that allow companies to disregard permit limits and fines, uh, including startups and shutdowns, and and malfunction claims are among the most common, uh, along with emergencies which require verification. Enforcement of federal environmental law falls to state governments, which which to the state government, uh, which can choose how vigorously to verify emergency claims. A report from 2023 to the Environmental Integrity Project counted thousands of industrial claims of upsets during the year. In only one half of 1% of these incidents did the state use its legal authority to require the companies to analyze the cause of the problem and take concrete action to avoid the pollution releases in the future. The TCEQ defends itself through a spokesman named Richard Richter, who says, Cold-weather events may cause or contribute to emission events for a wide range of reasons. Shutdowns may occur in order to prevent catastrophic failures that could occur to, uh, due to weather. And when a shutdown does occur, um, <clears throat> there must be an emissions event report uh, to, to us, to the TCEQ, listing the estimated quantities of chemicals released along with a reason for the upset. Based on the results uh, of an investigation of a reportable incident, we, that is TCEQ, may pursue enforcement actions wherever appropriate, As I already said, TCEQ has bothered to pursue enforcement, and only 1% of reported emergency upset incidents. Oh, so uh, they're not very busy, apparently. In 2022, groups from Texas petitioned the EPA to close loopholes that had allowed companies to uh, evade uh, improper use of an upset to claim at, at least 97 exemptions or startups, shutdowns, uh, and malfunctions. In 2023, so last year, the EPA did take measures to limit which events can qualify as upsets. But so far, <clears throat> they have not significantly limited the number and quantity of emissions. Review, revision, and regulation are badly needed to close uh, loopholes that have produced extensive pollution along the uh, particularly along the Houston Ship Channel, where many black and Hispanic communities suffer health risks from air hazards, and where uh, statistics show that uh, that cancer and respiratory diseases are far higher than anywhere else in Texas. Already private citizens can sue polluters exceed their permitted emission limits but the problem is are they in, are they aware um, of, and are they even aware of that recently enacted possibility uh, that they can sue as climate and are they educated well enough to be able to sue even if they do know that their cancer was caused by pollution? As climate change worsens, weather extremes are increasing last summer for instance record-breaking heat forced pipeline operations in the permian basin to vent almost 1 million pounds of methane gas which they reported to the tceq in february 2021 companies reported three to five million pounds of excess pollution during widespread blackouts And historically low temperatures caused by winter storm Uri, and the cold snap around this past January 17th, less than a month ago, continued continued to allow companies to belch out poison. In Corpus Christi, First Hills uh, First Hills Resources Refinery. Released almost 170,000 pounds of sulfur dioxide after some of its units became overpressurized due to frigid temperatures. The company claims to have measured air quality following the event and found, I'm <laughs> quoting them, "no <clears throat> no elevated emission readings at the fence line or in the community." Unquote. So. <laughs> 170,000 pounds of sulfur dioxide, but no change in the atmosphere uh, at the fence line, that is, or, or, or in the community itself surrounding um, surrounding the uh, the plant, the refinery. ExxonMobil also blamed the weather on January 16th for 61,400 pounds of emergency carbon monoxide emissions over 24 hours from one flare at its Beaumont chemical plant, which is nearly eight times the unit's permitted limit. And Neil Carman, who was a former TCEQ investigator and is now a clean air director for the Sierra Club in Texas said, companies are are, uh, guesstimating, companies are guesstimating what's going into the flare, but they do uh, some fuzzy math calculations on what they think is coming out. Rice University Professor Daniel Cohan says that the reported amount of carbon monoxide, that amount, that is uh, whatever I quoted, let's see, it's uh, 61,400 pounds, that that amount of carbon monoxide uh, emissions alone shouldn't cause significant impacts. But ExxonMobil also reported um, more hazardous substances in emissions, more than 2,000 pounds each, of benzene and butadiene, both human carcinogens. More than 1,000 pounds of either chemical is a problem, Cohen said. Air toxins such as benzene are directly harmful and can have a greater effect during winter than during some, uh, some other seasons. That's because they linger near ground level for longer in colder air than in warmer air. More than 4,000 people live within two miles of Exxon Beaumont's plant, and 88% of them are people of color. We have, we have, with our prejudices against people of color, have seen to it that they are forced to buy properties that are undesirable, and so therefore they are always shoved into harm's way, it would seem. ExxonMobil pleaded its case through someone called, uh, named Laura Knight, who says the company... Uh, she said in an email, has winterized its equipment by inspecting pipes, adding insulation, and even proactively shutting down units when necessary. So that's one of the shutdown uh, excuses. The company will continue to work on responding to severe weather, unquote. Total Energy, uh, which is a Port Arthur refinery, and Equistar Chemicals in La Porte also reported emissions due to weather, as did Valero, which is the largest um, petroleum company in Texas, and Dow Chemical reporting extensive flares at its massive uh, Freeport complex. What happened pretty much uh, over all of Texas a couple of weeks ago is typical of the situation at present. Dr. Inyang Uwak, research and policy director at the environmental nonprofit Air Alliance Houston, said that company systems to capture chemicals that would otherwise, uh, companies, I'm sorry, she said that um, companies should could install backup power to prevent sudden shutdowns or gas uh, recovery systems to capture chemicals that would otherwise be flared, Texas regulators could more often penalize companies than violate permits that violate permits even during inclement weather. It's not a new thing, she said. They need to prepare. They do not adequately protect for these winter events. So they end up releasing tons of harmful pollution into downwind communities, Yes, we have evidence of cheating on the part of Texas industries. And yes, we have environmental protection agencies keeping track of the violations. But unless enforcement increases above the 1% where it rests right now, simultaneous efforts to extract carbon dioxide from our atmosphere will accomplish nothing as we take one step forward and two back. Sadly, it would take a change in our state's government's attitude toward pollution. To To be business-friendly, so it would seem, our present regime thinks a wink and a nod at polluters is what is needed to encourage more industries to come to Texas. Our, Our governor now has far more important matters to attend to, For example, Governor Abbott's school voucher program designed to choke our public school system by uh, detouring school funding to private schools. As I have repeated many times in the past, there have been no raises to fund public school physical plants or to to fund the teachers with raises uh, since 2019. The other primary concern to Gov- Governor Abbott is the border, of course, where, uh, and people across the country have heard plenty from the Republican Party about how terrible the situation at the border is, and Governor Abbott is one of the main ones who is steadily sending busloads of, uh, of uh, immigrants or migrants uh, to, new- to the city to the point where the city is overwhelmed. <laughs> and uh, so he has, he has created a situation by now um, resulting in a confrontation between our state and combined branches of our federal government, the executive, the Biden administration, and the judicial in the form of the Supreme Court. As long as he is locked in that major battle, he obviously has scant time for something so trivial as worrying about the fate of our planet and whether it can long remain inhabitable with the present level of industrial pollution. It may be that other Republican-led states are suffering in the same way. Uh, Florida, for instance. I can only hope that enough voices like the ones I have just reported uh, I can wake up enough governments to uh, join the struggle to save our planet before it is too late. And that—that's my report for the day.
0: Yeah, you see, Texas is such a unique situation, and you're so dependent on the uh, on the oil. When I see you, uh, I, I should say Abbott, and <clears throat> and the 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 government, the politicians, um are so dependent on the the money coming in from the oil companies and the energy companies uh it, it's almost um i you know it's 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 almost and i know i don't want to get too off the subject but whenever you you think of energy and and texas i like in my mind they're never going to be they're never going to be the um uh, the the post <laughs> the poster boys for uh, clean air for uh, for anti pollution. Uh, in fact, there's uh, headlines all over. You know how big polluters in Texas evade evade federal law and get away with it. You know, and they get away with it because who's going to punish all of these? You know, you mentioned uh, Exxon Valdez and and uh, you know the different uh, companies there. Do you think Greg Abbott or Greg Abbott led? Texas will uh, will ever punish a big oil company like that for uh, yeah
1: exactly you know I mean it's it's Uh, laughable almost yeah and
0: for decades
1: and back in the seventies San Antonio was full of beautiful high rise buildings made of some form of glass or plastic uh, so that they are they glitter in the sun they're just gorgeous they can they consist entirely of windows um, and these these tall beautiful buildings uh, were built thanks to the discovery of oil
0: yeah.
1: in Texas and Texas became one of the leading oil producing states and then it sort of it sort of uh, fell, once the, the, uh, the easily accessible oil was exhausted. It sort of fell down uh, to, to some uh, more minor level until they discovered how to frack. And then in the Permian Basin, they began fracking everywhere. Uh, and now we are back at the top of the, of the scale uh, among all the states for our produ- production of petroleum. Uh, so uh, there's no way, <laughs> as you say, no way Abbott is going to, to damage uh, <clears throat> the petroleum industry here in Texas, because I think we're producing more oil from Texas than, the, uh, than OPEC, uh, than the, the, uh, the Persian Gulf uh, nations are. Uh, so, yeah. uh, uh, so thanks to that, we have cheap gas across the country. Right. Uh, and uh, elsewhere in the world, where they're dependent more on OPEC, uh, they're paying four times what we're paying. And so when I go to uh, Germany, let's say, um, uh, I'm paying, let's say, I'm paying um, four, four and, a, and a half euros per liter, <laughs> not per gallon. Yeah, well, exactly. Oh my God. So, uh, so we can't. We should know how lucky we are, and yet at the same time we are bound to, chained to uh, petroleum uh, for our transportation. And thanks to the auto industry, back after World War II, um, towns were built. I think they were purposely. Uh, designed uh, to need cars. So they were spread out over the countryside and the, the suburbs grew enormously after World War II because we had uh, eat cheap, uh, cheap fuel and cheap cars. Um, so now uh, the way our cities and towns are constructed we ha- have to have cars. And uh, our present federal administration, that is the Biden administration, is pushing electric cars to try to mitigate the situation because we are polluting every time we drive to work or to shop or anywhere. And we are forced to do it because uh, so many of us live, uh, say, I live, for instance, nine, uh, nine miles uh, from downtown San Antonio. So I have to drive 18 miles back and forth if I want to do something downtown, which I do fr- frequently. Uh, and so does everyone else in in San Antonio. And so there you are, there's, uh, there's a cloud of smog over San Antonio all the time. And it's true of all our cities. Simply the way they were designed after World War II. So no more walking to the nearest shopping area. Uh, we have to drive there. Yes. So we have a severe problem in our country, and we uh, most of us are in revolt. <laughs> Certainly most of us here in Texas, uh, who are mostly Republican, I'm afraid, uh, Uh, are in revolt uh, against Biden, who wants us to drive electric cars that don't pollute. (laughs) The the problem being that electric cars won't get us very far before they need recharging. and So many of them will have to be recharged between here and Austin, which is the closest city, uh, which is about 70 miles away for the average San Antonio. Uh, I'm far enough north that it's only 60 miles away. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, if I were to buy an electric car, which I haven't done yet because I have a nice old Mercedes-Benz um, that probably pollutes badly. Um, it is a gasoline engine, not a diesel, so uh, at least it pollutes less than the diesel ones. Uh, but I'm still polluting, and uh, it's a problem for me. I can't afford, another thing is I can't afford a new car, and most just uh, people like me who are on an annuity can't afford a, a new car either every every few years or even at once because they are enormously expensive. So there we are. We're, uh, we're caught with our polluting transportation and which we must use every day
0: yeah it's look i I always want to be careful when um i bring up this kind of argument because i I don't want to sound like some crazy conspiracy theorist but there there are people there are activists that i got to know you know let's say 25 years ago that were into renewable energy and they were seriously into renewable energy these were scientists um but you know some of these scientists looked like they you know had big beards and they looked like walt whitman and they uh uh you know they were uh, they were uh from the left and they were very critical of the um uh, of the car industry of the oil industry and look both sides of the aisle uh you know, not just Republicans, but you know, Democrats uh, take an awful lot of money from the oil industry and from the yeah. and from you know the gas producers, the energy producers, and also the car uh, industry. I mean, that, that came out of Detroit, which uh, and still comes out of Detroit, which isn't exactly a Republican stronghold, right? I mean, it's uh, it, it's a very um, blue collar base there. But here's here's something. Um, at one time i volunteered to drive a a car and we were going to do it for publicity and i think it was 2001 uh but i was going to drive a car that ran on on a re uh refurbished, not refurbished, isn't the word, uh, recycled, recycled uh, French fry oil, like, uh, you know, oil that uh, that went through. And, you know, the problem was you'd have to keep refilling at, at every whatever. But I was going to do a cross-country run just kind of for publicity. And I agreed that I would do it. I like driving and whatever. For different reasons, they stopped it. But the, the folks that stopped it were telling me, and again, this is where it gets sketchy because I don't want I certainly don't want to sound like some conspiracy theorist like, you know, a lot of the Trump people are very into conspiracies and and things like that. But, uh, you know, here's one that many of the inventions that, uh, you know, like, for example, somebody had a car that uh, that supposedly uh, ran on one hundred and twenty five miles uh, per gallon. And uh, and that guy, he got bought out and he disappeared. Uh, Then, you know, just uh, disappeared, got his money and got bought out and disappeared. There were others who had similar inventions uh, or innovations, if you want to call them, and some of them. Uh, met untimely deaths, you know, and and again, I you're the last person in the world that uh, I I want to be linked to saying all oh, conspiracies and everything, but there are billions and billions of dollars at stake, and I don't put anything past uh, you know anybody when when it comes d- down to billions and billions of dollars, but I'm one that personally and and I applaud the president's um, efforts to get people to use electric cars you know I'm not putting a halo over my head but I I only drive uh, hybrids and uh, and I know they're not perfect and I do them for selfish reasons as well I I have a very I do a lot of driving I enjoy driving and I I do uh, uh, I, I spend very little on gas because I get 58 miles per gallon sometimes, you know, and uh, and that's, you know, that's a tremendous uh, savings. I, you know, and on a bad mm-hmm. day, I get 45 miles per gallon in my little Prius. And I don't have to charge anything. I don't have to do whatever. And all the things I heard about the pickup, I, I don't care about. You know, I, I enjoy driving this. And I imagine, and this is a 2013 I'm driving. I, I bought it used, uh, you know, not too long ago. Um, I bought it with sixty thousand miles on it, and um, and but I imagine that the technology has improved tremendously uh, since then. Uh, but for for whatever reason, um, I, I believe, I truly believe that we have better technology and better ca- uh, car mileage if uh, if they were allowed. But I don't think the government is allowing it because both sides. Uh, both sides uh, benefit so much from the gas, um, uh, the gas companies, the oil companies, uh, American and and foreign, I guess, but uh, and um, and the car companies, and I don't think they are ready for it yet. So the thing is, like I personally think, I personally think that there could actually uh, be a concerted effort. You want to call that a conspiracy? Uh, you could, but I, there's a concerted effort not to. Uh, uh to to make this easier on mm-hmm. the uh on the public by giving us cars right now that go 100 miles uh, per, per gallon uh and or a uh, a cars that run on alternative fuel uh it's just it just isn't happening uh, it, it, yeah, it just isn't happening right. for some reason um and i you know uh, if you're looking to Greg Abbott you know my god if you're looking at greg abbott to uh you know and i know you're not but if anybody is out there looking to greg abbott to be the um the uh, the, the ray of sunshine in a, uh, in, a in, in a cesspool of uh, of despair uh guess what greg abbott is is the fox garden house in uh in texas uh, there is no way that greg abbott is going to do anything anything that benefits the environment uh n- n- Never going to do anything to benefit uh, uh, renewable energy. And, he, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, but I mean, Greg Abbott is uh, is the best friend that anybody that wants pollutants out there. Not that he's trying purposely to do it. He's just owned. I mean, he's owned by you know by by big business. He's owned by um, by the oil companies. Any governor of Texas basically would be, but Greg Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, makes no apologies for it, and uh, and he's got all kinds of sleight of hand going on, and uh, and and you know some naturally because it fits his base, and uh, and others are just pure <laughs> distractions. And the border is all he wants to talk about, and uh, he's not talking about uh, you know. And again, I know these are other issues. He's not talking about uh, Uvalde. He's not talking about um, uh, you know any kind of uh, limits on. Atomic uh, weapons, atomic weapons. Uh, what do you call them? automatic weapons? But what Greg Abbott is, is talking about is whatever his base is going to be distracted from, and there's no possible way that anybody's going to be punished. Any of these companies are going to be punished for going over the EPA limits. Uh, certainly, if they're going to get punished, they're going to get punished by the uh, the federal government, never by Texas. That's
1: all true. Very, very true. Uh, I'm just thinking uh, if we had elected Beto O'Rourke, for instance, in the last governmental uh, race, um, and he came pretty close, actually. Yeah. Um, But if we had elected him, I'm just wondering how much he could have uh, accomplished uh, and whether he would have bothered to go up against the uh, petroleum industry here in Texas because we have so many other problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, environmental problems that he could have addressed. Um, yeah, other than uh, fussing around with uh, with Malero and uh, the other petroleum people in the Permian Basin. Um, so I just don't know whether anybody uh, at the state level here uh, would have the courage and the ability to Uh, to make any improvement in the situation. I doubt it. Yeah, no. Uh, Or if they did something, it would be a very muted effort um, and uh, wouldn't accomplish very much. But you were absolutely right. I remember, I think, right around the turn of our century, um, there was an Australian team that went all the way across Australia, which is huge, uh, on solar power alone. Yeah. They had built this car, that and I think they've done it here in this country, too. It was, there was sort of a little blip back then of, of these uh, teams that would build uh, solar power cars that would work. Of course, they had to travel during the daytime. Yeah. And uh, in climates where there is some sun, because there are places in our country here and in all countries um, in and. Uh, uh, temperate zones that are cloudy most of the time take vancouver british columbia for instance um when it's sunny it's most beautiful but most of the time it's either cloudy or, or drizzling up there and pe- people don't know that when they uh when they go up there on vacation uh for a vacation in uh, august say because that's one of the sunny months but uh, for uh, 10 months out of the year at least. Uh, uh, when when I lived up there, we had drizzle or or fog or rain uh, and uh, uh, and so there are places where you could not use solar energy but uh, where uh, here in Texas we could do that in all, most of the southwest here we could have cars that ran on solar energy, and uh, there would be probably a way to uh, by now, there would be batteries that would store the energy so that we could run at night, too. But no, um, nobody has really gone into that. Uh, now, speaking of free energy, there, there you are. Um, when the sun shines, which it does every day, everywhere, um, it, it could supply energy to us far more than what we are doing now texas is actually private enterprise in texas Um, is uh has wind farms um, especially in west texas uh, that are supplying energy to our grid and saved us last summer when we had 108 degree temperatures day after day and no rain uh, for uh, starting in may and continuing until uh, september we had probably one inch of rain during that entire time with those over 100 degree temperatures. Um, and thanks to uh, the private industry that had um, had uh, started these wind farms and uh, solar, also solar farms um, that contributed to uh, stored energy. So there were batteries banks of batteries that came into play when during the summer air conditioning across Texas was so high that we would have had a blackout in 2021 if the summer had been as, as severe as this past summer. And we're continuing to build, uh, wind farms and solar farms, uh, And the other big push I read in today's newspaper, um, and this is being opposed by our state government, I think, by the Republicans in it at at least. Uh, The big push is to link Texas to the electrical grids that surround us in other states. But as I've said in previous broadcasts, uh, Texas wanted to go it alone because it was so puffed up and proud over having been a republic uh, from 1836 to roughly 1846 so roughly a decade and then that failed for incompetence <laughs> and the state accepted the, the umbrella of the United States which had been uh, drooling over Texas for a long time previous to that uh, so anyway um but we are still Texas is still the lone star state because it was once a Republic. And there are many things that we do that are foolish, like not connecting ourselves to other grids, uh, that surround us so that when our, when we have a crisis in the state because of severely hot weather or severely cold, uh, which happens usually, uh, around this time of year, um, we are looking for a cold front to come in at the end of this week but uh, on saturday um but it won't last and it won't be severe but it can happen and has done uh and we could use uh some borrowed some some uh, electricity borrowed from other states but uh, but we did not have it in 2021 and so uh we had a severe consequence namely Uh, Pipes burst, Um, blackouts were universal, and people died. And nothing has been done. (laughs) Uh, The the legislature was called back into session four times, not to discuss what we should do to the grid, but to discuss vouchers um, to uh, substitute for public school. Got it. Which, which is a really it's a real mania for uh, for Abbott. Uh, I think he must have a very wealthy donor uh, yeah. who uh, is pushing that idea.
0: Because even Republicans uh, are blowing back on that a bit. Yeah, even Republicans, especially in rural, rural
1: areas, because they're entirely they don't have private schools available to them.
0: Yeah, that's a payoff. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's got payoff yeah. written all over it.
1: <laughs> so they all vote against the uh, the voucher idea, and uh, so uh, Abbott has been frustrated, and he has reacted very uh, very angrily about the whole thing. Uh, and the fourth time uh, he con- convoked the the legislature into another session, the fourth session, um, they were all furious at him. Uh, and he was mad at them because, once again, they refused to pass it. Uh, and it was that the, the uh, rural legislators simply wouldn't vote for it.
0: i got to believe so they're, least, they're Republicans, the rural yeah,
1: Republicans. And, well, yeah, our legislature is uh, heavily dominated by Republicans, yes.
0: Yeah, but the rural, especially the farmers. But they're rural,
1: yeah. yeah, And they uh, they vote for their own convenience, naturally. So, yeah. the convenience of their voters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Amazing, a, a great subject, as always. And, uh, and I'll tell you, you're you're doing wonderful work on this, and uh, you know, laying a foundation for um for information. Uh, and you know, we want to encourage people to to binge listen to some of the other shows that are connected to this. And, and please, anywhere you listen to this podcast or others, you can find us. You know, readily available on so many different outlets. Uh, Frank McKay uh, signing off. Doc, thank you very much.
1: You're welcome.
0: And uh, you've been listening, listening to uh, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and she is uh, always, always wonderful. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.